You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Post July 4th, man, hope your barbecue were, was immaculate. The vibes immaculate. at the barbecue. Burks to the barbecue. Did you do it? Burks to the barbecue? What does that even mean? Birkenstocks. Did you wear Birkenstocks? Oh, a couple of white cloths? You can tell that you're lame, but that you call them Burks. Am I am I lame? <laughs> Burks? I guess Birkenstocks are still in, but no. I mean, I'm 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 way more of like a flip flop guy over a Birkenstocks. I mean, Birkenstocks are like two hundred dollars for fancy sandals that make your feet look weird. In what my you, own opinion, what are you talking about? I paid like what are you 70, talking about? I paid like <laughs> seventy for mine. They're awesome. They help my posture. They feel great. It's like walking. I oh. love Burks. See, I was under the impression they were like sort of designer. No, you've got the classic like thong sandal, right? You've got the one that just rips up the the skin. That's, in your I love toe. that. Yeah. Love those. Yeah, <laughs> the rainbows are sick. And it's just nice being in California for the 4th of July. We saw the fireworks and the weather is good instead of being in New York City or being in Florida or Omaha where it's 100 degrees and humid. It's 72 and sunny in Santa Barbara. And I'm it's hard to go back anywhere else. But we are going into the All-Star game um in a couple days which i'm very excited for we're going to be doing a ton of coverage um but we have a lot to talk about today we're doing we're doing all-star starters we're going over you know who maybe we think is on there maybe we think who shouldn't be on there and then we're getting into of course the notorious top 20 outfielders it's going to be awesome we're doing 20 to 11 today today is tuesday july 6th i'm jack mcmullen he's peter apple this is the just baseball show you can follow us on twitter at just bb media or on tiktok and instagram at just baseball fans we have loved interacting with you all the way through this season and now we're at the all-star break which is pretty crazy cool to say and i I don't know. I've just had a blast talking baseball with you twice a week, with Arm once a week. And, you know, this feels like just the beginning of a lot of years of baseball coverage in a way that baseball hasn't really been covered yet. So we're excited to continue to infiltrate this sport that a lot of people are trying to say is dying. It's not dying. It's still really fun. And we're mining to get the fun stuff. Go look at TV ratings and tell me if it's down. I mean, I saw a tweet the other day that the Sunday night baseball broadcasts are doing as well as ever. And it's so good to see that, that people still want to absorb the game. It's just MLB makes it impossible with blackouts. And I can't watch the Yankees on MLB because if I live in New York, I have to travel to Omaha, Nebraska to watch the Yankees. It's unbearable, but everyone wants to watch the games and it shows, it shows on Sunday night baseball. So baseball is not dying. And we're here to stay, Jack. We're going to be doing this forever. We're here to stay. You are at your home in California. I actually got home for the first time in a couple of months. I'm just outside of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, my, my my family right now, I've got my dog. My family dog is like a little yappy dog, half Shih Tzu, half Bichon. We're also dog sitting two yappy dogs. So I've just <laughs> heard barking constantly. Yeah, like high pitched barks. And I'm just like, what are we what are we doing here? So, <laughs> and I have my Rottweiler at home and um, it's just so he's just, his head is so big. I just love coming home and seeing my dogs. There's, 
there's not many greater things in the world than just coming home to your dog, just smiling and so happy to see you. I mean, dogs, baseball, 4th of July. I mean, is there anything better? No, no, not at all. But we do have to get into these all-star starters because I just have some gripes with some of them because we voted differently than obviously the ranks came out. And I mean, should we just start it off with Salvador Perez in the American League? I know we both kind of thought Yasmani Grandal, but Salvador Perez is really raking. And his defense hasn't been a complete detriment, but it hasn't been that good either. I know, are you okay with Grand, with Salvi over Grandal? I'm okay with it. Um, I was actually just uh, downstairs watching White Sox twins and Grandal, and a check swing uh, had to leave the game. He couldn't put oh, any no. weight on one of his legs. So, I mean, the White Sox, if that injury bug strikes again, oh no. And I'm hoping that there are better results by the time this episode comes out. But, you know, if not, man, that sucks. And I did not want to see that for Yasmani Grandal. But, you know, that was one of those kind of toss-ups, right? Where it was like, okay, Grandal, yes, the numbers are probably a little bit better. But at the end of the day, he's hitting like 175. (laughs) Like, Yeah, he's hitting 175. And you know who's hitting like 330 is Buster Posey. He deserves to absolutely be the starter for the National League. Buster Posey on the Giants. It's his fifth All-Star game. Yeah. I kind of thought he had more. I don't know why. I thought he had like eight right seven or eight but right because also you, darvish has five all-star games you would think that buster posey would have more all-star appearances than you darvish yeah a lot more a lot more huh. but the guy who's made his first all-star appearance at first base is vladimir Guerrero jr just obviously we don't even have to get into that the dude just is ahead in every single category first of 15 first of 18 Seriously. i am disappointed with the national league first baseman Freddie Freeman starting over Max Muncy when Max Muncy is fourth in WRC plus and Freddie Freeman has had one of his worst starts of the season. But I mean, he has an 843 OPS, but Max Muncy is tearing the cover off the ball. Max Muncy of the Dodgers should be the starter, but it's Freddie Freeman of the Braves. Yeah, you got to you got to understand that it's a fan vote and people I know, are just going to vote for Freddie. I'm, I'm still going to react the way I want to react. Though. I'm still going to get emotional, even though I know the rules. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Um, I am very happy that the National League second baseman um, – is who it is, Adam Frazier. I'm also right. very happy that Jake Cronenworth was a reserve. Yes, and as he should. I mean, you argued that Cronenworth should have been the starter, and if if it was that way, I wouldn't have been bothered by it. But I do think Adam Frazier just deserved it. I mean, the guy's hitting over 300, leading the league in hits, doubles. I mean, he's mashing, and the Pirates never get this kind of shine, so it's, it's nice. And another guy making his first All-Star start, even though he finished third in AL MVP voting in 2019, is Marcus Semien of the Blue Jays. I thought it could be Altuve, but you know what? Screw the Astros. I'm glad it's Semyon. I'm, I'm happy it's Semyon, and I'm happy that the Blue Jays fans showed up and got Vladdy and Semyon and a couple others in the outfield. And they deserve it. And also making his first start in the All-Star game is Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox. We both thought that was a no-brainer. I mean, he's just raking right now for the Red Sox, who are in first place now by a decent margin. I mean, Jack, maybe we were kind of wrong on the Red Sox being a fluke. I think so. I yeah. think we probably were because that they're just pitching just, way better than I thought. They're pitching way better. And then that offense, like they've got dudes all over the place. They got dudes. You know who's so Nolan Arenado is starting in the National League. Fourth all-star appearance. I thought he'd be at 12. Well, he's only played eight years. Exactly. Uh yeah, I am kind of shocked. Because he's won a gold glove in each of those years. I guess that kind of coincides with the Silver Sluggers. But yeah, fourth All-Star appearance. That's kind of shocking. And I honestly thought it shouldn't shouldn't have been him. I thought it should have been Bryant or Justin Turner. Definitely Justin Turner. I mean, Justin Turner refuses to get out. He's still so good. But I mean, I'm not pissed that I get to see Nolan Arenado start in the All-Star game. No. He's like one of those players where even if you don't think he deserves to get in, it's kind of like, well, still so fun. He's the baseline selection. Same with Freddie yeah. Freeman, right? Like exactly. those are the it's guys. Yeah. It's like, okay, like this is a fan vote. I'm not pissed if they start. And another cool thing, our top, and when we did our top 10 shortstops episode, our first two guys were Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tati Jr. And both of them are getting the nod in the all-star game. That's pretty cool. We were right. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> we, we were validated. So we're not idiots. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm really happy that Bogart's got it over Correa. I'm also happy for Correa that he's a reserve because yeah. he has deserved the all-star status. I thought Bogart's deserved the all-star starting knot. And then Tatis, not much of a conversation there. 
not much of a conversation there. And you will see Trout on our top 20 outfielders list. I mean, if we didn't have him on there, we would be crucified. But he is given his seventh All-Star game appearance. But he hasn't played that many games, but it just goes to show it's still Mike Trout. And then you got Aaron Judge making his third start for the American League. And then you have T. Oscar Hernandez, who I don't know if I would have put T. Oscar in there, but I'm glad to see he's in there. Blue Jays fans showed up. They showed up. I'm excited that he's an all-star. Should he have been a starter? No. No, I don't think think so. so. Uh, But T. Oscar can mash, and I am excited to see him get an A-B or two. Cedric Mullins should have been the starter here. Absolutely. I mean, and you could have made the argument for Buxton. Buxton hasn't played that many games, but Mullins has been freaking unbelievable. You're also going to see him on our top 20 outfielders list. He's been phenomenal. He should have been the starter. And I guess Baltimore fans just didn't show up. I mean, do yeah. they ever? Are, are there enough of them? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and you know what I really like? They got it perfect in the National League. Ron Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos of the Reds, and also Jesse Winker of the Reds. It's yeah. going to see. It's going to be cool seeing two guys in the same outfield both start in the National League, and then Ron Acuna just. I mean, he's the second best player in baseball. They got it right. I, you know, even though the numbers and the metrics for Juan Soto are still like eye popping, and Mookie Betts is still Mookie Betts, they got it right with Castellanos and Winker. Like those guys are having unbelievable years. And they're doing it together. I'm really happy that, you know, they can start in that tandem, like you're saying. And Shohei's obviously going to start at DH. I mean, just ran away with the award. But it's funny because he went up against J.D. Martinez and Jordan Alvarez. I mean, Jordan's hitting 300. J.D. is still mashing doubles and home runs. That If Shohei wasn't there and having this out-of-body experience, like J.D. and Jordan are as good a hitters as anybody in the American League. So it's yeah. tough for them, but you know, it, it's Shohei's and nothing else to say there. I've got a Shohei note for you from our friend Colby Olson, who I'm excited to welcome on on Friday with us too. I haven't even relayed that message to you, but we're going to have Colby on. He and I are working on something to kind of like build a Frankenstein in some to equal Shohei Otani. Show you like this pitch is better than this guy's pitch. His power numbers are better than this guy's power numbers. And you'll understand a little bit more Friday, but you know, here's just a quick little taster from Colby of what we're working on right now. Colby texted me, Otani's splitter is the eighth best pitch in baseball, according to run value per 100 pitches. Otani's splitter has a 57% whiff rate, which is second in baseball among pitches from a single pitcher, only behind Jacob deGrom's slider at 58%. So Otani's Otani's splitter is more swing and miss than every pitch in baseball, except for Jacob DeGrom's slider and the guys leading the league in home runs. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be such a fun episode. We're going to build a superhuman. We're building Iron Man in real life. And it's going to equal Shohei Otani. Like, that's the thing. There already is an Iron Man. We're not joking. Like, this isn't hyperbole. This isn't onomatopoeia a bunch of other words do you know what onomatopoeia is onomatopoeia is isn't it where you have the first letter of a word and it's like four of those words or is that alliteration that's alliteration that's alliteration onomatopoeia is when a word sounds like the thing that it's supposed to describe so can you give us an example bang pop (laughs) boom you know what i also have problems with I still deal with problems with the two versus two, like T-O and T-O-O. You got to figure that out. I mean, I'm really good on my yours. I'm so solid on my theirs. But the twos, man, I get it wrong all the time. And like, I know it, but I don't know it. I really don't. You got to figure that shit out. And like, we run a podcast and like, I write stuff all the time and I'm still. So if, if you ever want to be a journalist or anything and, and, you know, Use me as an example of someone who's who's making it without really knowing the difference between two and two. You consider yourself already making it? Good for you. No, not really. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, just trying to be cool, Jack. Let me leave me alone. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, affect and effect is the one that trips me up a lot, but all the other that's ones fair. I've I've pretty much hammered down. So that's that. But yeah, the all star starting lineups are in. The reserves are in. The reserves look good. Brian Reynolds, a guy that I'm really happy made it. Snubs that jump out to you. 
I just can't get over the Cedric Mullins not starting, even though I know he still made the all-star team, but I just think that's, that should be the absolute starter. I'm, I'm, you're going to hear my, my take on, I'm like, I'm just obsessed with the guy. Um, Biggest snubs is Matt Olson. Did Matt Olson make it? Yes, he did. Jared Walsh made it. Good for Jared Walsh. Jared Um, Walsh has been raking. Yeah, selfishly, I think Yohan Moncada was a big snub. Uh, yeah. Not that much power from him this year. Yeah, I know. I but know. he's a good defender at third, like a kind of low-key. Yeah. Low I mean, the numbers are good. All right. You want to stop screwing around and get into the uh, the big kahuna? This is going to take Sometimes it's fun to screw around, but yeah, we got to get into the big kahuna because we have a lot. We have to preface it with a lot of stuff. Like we have a lot because we love our honorable honorables and uh, for the outfield list, we have a group of guys who are going to make it, who aren't going to make the list based on the amount of games played. So you want to, you want to tee us up there? Yeah, this is a lot of guys and we are starting our top 20 outfielders in 2021 with of course the track record that we work with. And Mm -hmm. you know, you can't just blow up onto the scene a la Cedric Mullins and hop into the top 10. You've got to have a little bit of track record here. Uh, but, but then we do give Mullins that bump because right. he's been that good. So it's it's part right now, but also understanding track record. That's like the very important part of our list. And people are like, how is he on there? How is he not on there? It's using 2021 as a landing spot, but understanding track record. The way that I kind of view it is from right now until the end of the 2021 season, who do you want more? And it's the power Perfect. ranking right? Exactly. So if you were going to, obviously track record matters in that because you have no idea if somebody like Cedric Mullins is going to fall off a cliff, right? Versus, you know, somebody that might be having a down year, Christian Yelich, you know, maybe he gets healthy and he starts raking in the second half of the season. Like as he probably will. I mean, he's going to be awesome. And 2019 Yelich is one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, he should have won back-to-back MVPs, but he lost out to Bellinger that year. But he's still phenomenal, and he's got to be a top-10 guy. You're going to see him in our top-10, even though right now, yeah, not the best, but we still expect Yelich to be totally fine. We know he's dealing with injuries. We know the swing is fine, so we're big Yelich guys. Speaking of injuries, before we get into our top-20 outfielders, we've got an extensive list of guys on the mend that will not make it because they have not played our kind of set minimum number of games. We set the minimum at 30. So we've got some guys on this list like Eloy Jimenez who played zero uh, and Cody Bellinger who played 27 that are exempt from this list because they have been hurt for so long. We're north of 80 games through into the season. So Eloy and Bellinger, two of the guys that we left off this list because they've been dealing with injury woes. Eloy's got uber power, and Bellinger is is Cody Bellinger. I mean, he was the 2019 NL MVP. Luis Robert, another guy that is not on this list because of the injury. He's a freak athlete. Freak. George Springer, I'm a huge fan of Springer. And then Byron yeah. Buxton. Oh, awesome. my God, Byron Buxton. He has 10 home runs in 27 games so far this year and five bags slugging 770. Buxton has a 215 WRC plus. He's 115% better. If he had played the amount of games that everybody else had, that would put him at number one at WRC plus. It's not fair to put him at number one, but that just goes to show you how freaking amazing Buxton is at the plate. And that's not even mentioning that he's one of the fastest players in baseball. And he's one of the best defenders in center field that we have in the game. A couple of those guys that we mentioned, like, have a case for top 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Buxton healthy is, in terms of talent, Acuna-esque. Like, I mean, he's a freak of nature. This outfield list is crazy, dude. Crazy. How long do we spend on this? A long time. We and made like, it like a week ago and we've been talking about it ever since just going over each one and making sure that it's perfectly ranked. And of course, we're going to get the same kinds of people telling us that we're ass. Right. Absolutely. We're going to get I love the, those uh, people. Wait, what did you say earlier today? I'm literally deleting TikTok. You guys made me hate <laughs> this app. People, it gets, it gets, you know, it gets the people. I'm literally throwing my phone in the Hudson. You guys <laughs> are that awful. Oh and my it's God. Like, you're really that mad about the seventh versus the eighth second baseman about where they're ranked that you're going to delete the app. 
right? Like Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, they weren't in the correct order. Okay, yeah. I'm literally done with podcasts. I hate you guys. I hope you have awful lives. <laughs> That's yeah. probably what we're going to hear. Which is great. Bring it on. I'm fine with that. Um, honorable mentions. This is a great list. Oh my. This is like 21 through 27, 28. Adolis Garcia, the first one. Adolis Garcia, congratulations on being an American League All-Star. 20 homers and very solid defense. He's an enticing power bat, and the Rangers kind of lucked out with him falling into their arms. He's already 28. By the way, happy 28th birthday to Jorge Polanco, by the way, today. He's 28? No, he's 36. We've already talked about this. He just turned 28 today, which is last night. Uh, so happy birthday to uh, Jorge Polanco. Uh, but it, what I found interesting with Garcia was I was looking at his baseball reference page. He was 0 for 6 with four punch outs in three games in 2020. That OPS plus is negative 56. I had never <laughs> seen that number in the negatives before. But like, I guess it makes sense because when you have Buxton at like 217, the opposite trend of that would be negative 17. I wonder what the most negative you can get is. I would assume negative 100, maybe if you went 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts or 0 for 10 with 10 strikeouts. I wonder what's the bottom of the barrel. I think it's 100, that if you could be minus 100. I'm not sure, because then that would put the upper reaches of WRC plus or ERA plus at 300, and that's not the case. Because That's not the case. DeGrom got to like 462 or something. At one point during the season, he was at 626. That's... And that was at the same point that Gosman and Lynn were in the low 300s. Like 626. That's when he was at his 0.5 ERA a couple starts ago. I mean, we're at the All-Star break, and it was a couple starts ago where he was that high in ERA+. plus. That's crazy. Our second honorable mention is Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. He's been around 270 with a 320 OBP each of the last three seasons. And I guess it's finally the power production that's coming along. We knew that when he did become an everyday guy, he would perform like a good one. And now he's performing like a good one. And he's a top 30 outfielder. He's just a really good hitter. And he's going to be a really good hitter for a really long time. Absolutely. Starling Marte, a guy that has been a good hitter for a long time. And of course, you know, he does, you know, done the uh, injection thing. But um, (laughs) the walk rate for him had never been above 6% in his career until it ballooned to 13% this year. It's paying dividends for him. And the Marlins should get a nice return for him if they so choose. Did you see that the Marlins kind of lowballed him? They offered him a three-year, $30 million contract. It's actually a pay cut. Like yeah. he's making more, his AAV is higher than three years, 30 million. And he's putting up this great of a season and you're going to lowball him when the Marlins tried to come out and say that they were definitely going to be at least buyers, Jeter and Kim Nang came out and they said, you know what, we're going to spend some money. And they go out and lowball their best player right now. So right. three years, that's what's going on in Miami. Three years, 30 is pretty disrespectful, but he also I think is- he should be like 50, three years, 50. I think that's fair. He rakes. I think it's fair, but he's also kind of getting old. So they're, I guess, counting yeah. on the regression. But like three years he, isn't that much. You can't do that. Yeah. Brantley just signed a two-year deal. 32 million absolute steal. Yeah. I mean, Marte's not as good as Brantley, but he's still, you know, freaking good. And he's dynamic and he's fast and he's fun. Yeah. He's startling Marte. Mike Yastrzemski, our next honorable mention. Hits aren't there, homers are. I guess that's what happens when you turn 30 years old like Mike this year. But the Giants are sneaky, a World Series contender. And I think we're done calling them a fluke officially because the pitching is dynamite. And Mike Yaz, Posey, Crawford, Longoria, they're all hitting. Yeah, they are all hitting. And Gosman is just standing on his head. And another pitcher who I'm uh, excited for them to see back, I haven't seen him lately, is Aaron Sanchez, too. Um, I'm not exactly sure of his timetable, but he was really good for them for the start and then got injured. Um, But he's another guy that they're going to add. And like Cueto is still being Johnny Cueto. Like the Giants are good and they're real. And it's, we were wrong on that one. But I mean, who was right on that one besides maybe Giants fans? No one projected this. I don't think anybody. And I don't think anybody realized that Kevin Gosman could do what he's doing right now. I don't think anybody realized that Anthony DiSclafani was actually a a good major league pitcher. He is. His forcing moves four feet. Yeah. Not his four seam, his two seam. I mean, his four seam also probably works too. 
Mitch Haniger, our next honorable mention, another guy that's somehow 30 years old already. His year will likely end up being comparable to his lone all-star year in 2018 in terms of batting average, OBP, OPS, run production. Mitch Haniger is swinging a good bat right now. I know you're yeah. not the biggest fan. He's just, there's some, you know, those guys that you just are never excited by. Like he's one of them. And, it's, it, and he's one of them for me. And I have no statistical reasoning to back that up. It's when I watch Mariners games and you mentioned, you were like, Mitch Hanger has to be an honorable mention. I was like, no. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, 18 bombs is 18 bombs. Yeah. And he actually has been good for a while. But for some reason, I just th- thought he was sort of a bum, but he isn't at all. And I was off on that one. Yeah, I, he doesn't play that exciting a brand of baseball. I think he took a lot of his brand of baseball from Kyle Seager. And like Kyle Seager, some people really like him. Some people think he's boring as hell. But Mitch Haniger and Kyle Seager, they play similar brands of baseball, and it's a good brand of baseball. So Mitch Haniger, our honorable mention, and then our final honorable mention, this guy was on the cusp of the top 20. Alex Verdugo, the Boston Red Sox. You would not guess that Verdugo is putting up his lowest offensive numbers of any of his first three full seasons, but he's still damn solid. And he's hitting the ball harder, more consistently than ever before in his career. And he's a good defender. Who do you think won that Mookie Betts trade? Because Verdugo and Jeter Downs came over to the Red Sox for Mookie Betts. I know there was a couple other pieces sprinkled in there, but those are the two main pieces. Do you think Red Sox are are really regretting it. I mean, Mookie's not doing amazing. I mean, still Mookie bets, but he's not doing amazing right now. Not that that really matters because he just came off a World Series win. Um, But I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if you ask Red Sox fans right now what they really think, because they should be excited about Jeter Downs. He's a really fun prospect. And then Verdugo's really solid too. Another trade I'm excited to get into a little bit later on in the pod. You'll hear it when it comes up, but Um, I think that the Red Sox faithful are still pissed that they let Mookie go, um, especially because he won a ring immediately with the Dodgers. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a win because he won, right? Yeah. And I think that the thinking has changed with the Red Sox faithful as to we lost that by a landslide to, okay, the return isn't as bad as we thought it was. We were just pissed in the moment, but the return was pretty solid. And our last honorable mention I know he's not even on the list, but I'm caving. We got to add him. Tommy Pham of the Padres. He's actually been good enough to make this list. Javi Reyes, are, he, he writes incredible articles over at JustBaseball.com. Go check out his work. He was clamoring today for Tommy Pham. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but you really look at the numbers. You look at the track record. Like, he's been good for a while. He deserves to be an honorable mention. What are your thoughts? I know that's kind of out of left field right now. No pun intended. Oh, funny. Um, no, I, I agree. He was one of those guys where it's like the thought crossed my mind. Like, okay. You know, he's, he's been good, not great this year. And he's been good, not great for his career, but like the, the difference between good and great for him, like he's walking that fine line. So I'm totally for it. And I think he is a a top 30 outfielder. 122 WRC plus he's 22% better than average. He's a good player. And I just think that the Padres, you know, we're hearing Joey Gallo rumors. I think Tommy Pham could get be on the block soon. I don't know why. I mean, he doesn't have to be, but if I'm hearing Joey Gallo rumors, CJ Abrams is now out for the year, but they still have a lot of outfield depth and you have Will Myers and Trent Grisham. Like they just have a lot of outfielders. So if I'm hearing Joey Gallo rumors, I see that there might be a spot for someone to get dealt. And I think Tommy Pham would get more than a Will Myers would. Absolutely. Um, I think you could probably go fam and maybe not one of your top four or five prospects straight up. So you, you go fam and maybe the, the five to 10 prospect range for the Padres for Joey Gallo. Um, but if you're the Rangers, do you want fam? You want fam and the prospect. I want, I want prospects. I wouldn't take fam if I were the range. I mean, they still could cause he's still good yeah. and it would actually be kind of a nice replacement there, but the Rangers aren't looking to compete. If I'm the Rangers, I'm trying to load up as quickly as possible. I just yeah. wouldn't take like a guy like Fam. I, I just don't think they need him. Yeah. Shall we top 20? Let's top 20. <sighs> Counting down from 20. We're doing 20 to 11 tonight. Teoscar Hernandez, 
checks in at 20. The Toronto Blue Jays outfielder and the American League all-star starter, Teoscar Hernandez. He won a silver slugger last year, and his counting stats might be even better this year. In a similar total of games, he's hitting at a higher clip, he's driven in more runs, and he's got more doubles. We love doubles on this podcast. We do. His power numbers have taken a slight dip, but like not by much, and he struggles a bit defensively as he has throughout his entire career, but he's a massive contributor on a team that is really good at offense. Yes. Teoscar Hernandez is like the exit velo king. Yeah. Like the dude just rakes. He hits everything so hard constantly. Another one of these guys, I love to say it about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Teoscar Hernandez is like his, is basically, I was going to say his little cousin, or his little brother, but he's kind of just his cousin when it comes to hard hit rate. Like the dude rakes everything. He makes hard outs, loud outs. That's Teoscar Hernandez. Top 20 outfielder, all-star, beast. I was going to say, Vladdy's 22, so it might be big brother if you're going by age, but I, I but like cousin. When you're 240 pounds, you're just nobody's little brother. Right. The 19th best outfielder in baseball is one of the most underrated players in the entire sport. It's Mark Canna of the Oakland Athletics. He's put up at least a 128 WRC plus in three straight seasons and is currently sitting at 135. He's 35% better than average. Canna is above average at pretty much everything that you'd want in your outfield. He plays above average defense, ranking in the 91st percentile in outs above average, and he's registered games at every single outfield spot, and he's even played a couple of games at first base. And he's actually fast. He's got seven stolen bases this year and is near the top 25% in sprint speed. He walks a ton. He's striking out at the lowest rate of his career, and he's hitting for power with 11 home runs and a 450 slugging percentage. He's really been one of the best players or best outfielders, sorry, in baseball for a while now. And I think he'll get a pretty decent sized contract when he's a free agent in 2022. I think you're a lot higher on Canada than I I am. I just think he's so underrated, bro. He's super underrated. I, I don't think that's fair to say he's been one of the best outfielders in the game. Cause like, that's just one of the better outfielders. I would say, I, I mean, th- since 148 WRC plus then in 2019, then in 2020, it was a little bit more down. I mean, he was still in the one twenties and now he's at 135. Like he's been really good now since the beginning of 2019. So I think with Oakland, the thing is like in the grand scheme of baseball, not many people watch the Oakland A's on a nightly basis. And like, they've been consistently good. So then you start to dive in. Okay. Why are they consistently good? Well, they're managed incredibly well. They always have a great bullpen. Great point. And then they've got a couple of studs in Chapman and Olsen. They did have Semyon and then Loriano in the outfield, but that's not the only reason. Like you have to have a little bit more there. And I think the ignored pieces are why they are winners, why they are consistently a playoff team. And I think that Canna might be the one that sticks out above the rest when you look at the ignored pieces of the Oakland A's because he's not flashy, but he's always contributing. Same thing with Steven Piscotty, right? Always contributing, but they're not going to get the fanfare nationwide that a Matt Chapman will get because he's the best defensive player on the planet or Matt Olson because he's an all-star and all he does is rake or Liam Hendricks who leads the year, who leads the league in saves, right? Like he is the invisible piece for the winning formula. And the reason why I use WRC plus is you may look at his slash line or maybe the amount of home runs and you may think, Oh, that's not one of the better outfielders in baseball, but I use WRC plus because he hits in one of the, most pitcher friendly ballparks in the Coliseum. So when you look at those adjusted stats that adjust for your ballpark, he ranks among the top 10, top 15 every single year in outfielders because he really is just like one of the better outfielders in baseball, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And your opinion, because it's our list. <laughs> I I would kind of agree with you on that. Like I initially had Canna in the honorable mentions, and then you got me to push him in to the top 20 just because he's been so consistent. So so consistent. There we go. 18, Schwarbo, baby. Kyle Schwarber is the 18th best outfielder in the game. 25 bombs. 25 bombs. But 253, man. I think this guy has been comically undervalued offensively for the entirety of his career. He got a ton of press when he came up during that World Series run. And, you know, he was like Babe Ruth pretty much during that stretch. But 
then he just kind of faded back into the middle of that Cubs pack. And he wasn't as exciting as Baez and Bryant and Rizzo. But 2019, he was 250 with 38 bombs and 92 RBIs. There was no fanfare behind him. He's a bad outfielder. He's been one. He'll stay one. But he can absolutely mash. And he's one of the most powerful humans in the sport. He destroys baseballs. I mean, at one point, I think he hit 16 home runs in 18 games or something like that. Yep. I mean, when he gets hot, the, the one memory that comes to my mind about Kyle Schwarber is I, I can't put my finger on exactly what game it was. But do you remember when he hit a home run at Wrigley when it went like over that huge thing in right field? It was one of the they said, I think it went like 460 or 470. That was the farthest home run I've ever seen. That That's went 550 right. feet. Yeah, it, it landed on top of the Budweiser sign in right field at Wrigley. It was in the postseason. I think it might have been a wild card game. Yeah, whoever it that. was the farthest home run I've ever seen. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I love Schwarber. So the 17th best outfielder in baseball is actually probably the most underrated player in baseball right now. It's Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's been simply incredible so far in 2021. He's top five in average, top five in on base, top five in WRC plus out of all outfielders. And he's sixth in slugging and 15 home runs is really no joke. He might hit 30 this year when it's all said and done. He's also been a great defender in center field. He's ranking in the 91st percentile in outs above average and his expected stats. And this is important with guys like Brian Reynolds. They're holding really strong for the second half. And this didn't just come out of nowhere. He had a bad 2020, no doubt. But his 2019 was elite. The man hit 314 with 16 bombs in 134 games while playing really good defense. And Pittsburgh should really build around this 26-year-old outfielder out of Vandy. But they could grab an absolute haul at the deadline for him if they choose to trade him. So, Jack, do you think if you're Pittsburgh, do you hold on to Brian Reynolds and really try and build around him, or are you like, we got to capitalize on this right now? Yeah, you're really far away. Pittsburgh is really far away. I think they're really gonna capitalize. I think they they got to dump Richard Rodriguez. They got to dump Brian Reynolds. They got to dump Adam Frazier. Like anybody that is playing Dollings. to good baseball right now, you got to oh. get assets. You have to. I agree. I agree. So, and Brian Reynolds is going to be your biggest cash cow. So. Go get him. I loved Brian Reynolds when he was at Vandy with the pencil stash, and then he went oh, with he the full so mustache, good. and then he kind of went back to the pencil stash. I think he's best when he's got just a tiny bit of mustache. What do you think about him being probably one of the most underrated players in baseball? Are you thinking about other people? I was talking on the TikTok Live where I was kind of like, everything I've seen out of Tyler Maley on the Reds, I've loved. But like Tyler Maley, Brian Reynolds, like these are really kind of my most underrated players in baseball. Mark is another one too. Ahead of this year, I would have said Winker. Yeah, it's a great one. Right. Great. Now he, now he, everyone knows that he's freaking phenomenal. Yeah. But before the season, perfect answer. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, another guy like Mark Canna, right? Super undervalued because of the market that he plays in. Um, I thought coming into this year, Tyler Glasnow was very undervalued because he was behind Blake Snell and he hadn't won the Cy Young yet, right? Like it's that type of guy that plays in a minuscule market that, has just been shoving or just yep. been raking. And that's so what Brian talented. Reynolds does. And that's what we try and do here on the podcast. We try and tell you about all these guys because we're I'm that guy who's watching that Pittsburgh Twins game to watch Brian Reynolds. Yeah, seriously. You want a guy that's not necessarily underrated, but I think undervalued for what he actually brings. Chris Taylor of the LA Dodgers checks in at 16. And this guy is unreal. Versatility is the name of the game with Chris Taylor. He's played 40 games in center. He's played 36 at second base. He's played nine in left. He's played six at short, two at third. And he even has a game in right field. And there have been a ton of nights where he's made the change from outfield to infield or vice versa mid-game. He's an above-average defender everywhere. And he's wavered between good hitter and great hitter over the last few years. And with 10 homers, ample run production, and the highest walk rate of his career coming this year, he's somewhere between good and great right now. And the Dodgers are just so loaded 
I mean, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Will Smith. And Chris Taylor is really that Swiss army knife. Like those types of guys are what gets you from losing in the ALCS to winning the world series. Those guys who you fill in and can just play everywhere and play a bunch of different positions at an above average to an elite level. Chris Taylor's awesome. Chris Taylor is like the deep cut. Like if he's your, if he's your favorite Dodger, then like you're the same guy who, you know, when you ask who your favorite musical artist is, you name like some indie band that I've never heard of in my life. Like that's, that's who you are. If your favorite Dodger is Chris Taylor. Checking in at number 15 is Ramon Laureano of the Oakland athletics. And if I can really be honest with everyone, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but his defensive ability in center field is so incredibly elite and the bat has been at least above average. So we got to rank him in the top 15, but the reason why he's not one of my favorites is simply because I think he should be so much better at the plate than he actually is. But before we talk about the bat, can we just marvel at the glove in my opinion and the defensive numbers don't really stack this up. But I think he's right after Mookie and Buxton in the outfield defensively. I just don't think those defensive numbers really do the man justice. He's been phenomenal in center field. And from 2018 to 2019, he was a well above average hitter. But since then, he's been like a 220, 230 hitter. I mean, right now he's hitting 234 and he strikes out a quarter of the time. But he is a guy, of course, who's still hitting for power. He's got 13 bombs and he's using his speed on the base pass with nine stolen bases. And he'll probably finish the year as a 20 home run, 20 stolen base guy, maybe even more, who's playing platinum level defense and center. Another one of these Oakland A's, it's kind of underrated. I just think he should be better with how talented he is. If he was hitting 270 right now, he's top 10 easy. Easy. Loriano is such an interesting case study. Right. I love Ramon Loriano on it's like some Chapman days. in the outfield. Right. Pretty much. Literally. Like he, does he have the strongest arm in the game? You know who I saw recently who kind of shocked me? Brett Phillips. At least in terms of like the pull down from the outfield this year. Last time I checked, I could be wrong, but I think Brett Phillips has the best arm in baseball, but Loriano's always up there. 94 on the hill, Chief. Brett Phillips for the win. Seriously. That was that was awesome. I loved watching that video. Up. I I rewatched like the 10 minute and a half inning after I, did that. Too. I was just like, this is so awesome. So oh, that was perfect. Yeah, Loriano, I mean like there are some days where I just can't get enough of Loriano. Like some of Loriano gets the YouTube treatment from me. That's kind of the, mm. the highest compliment that I can give somebody. Hey, you're they looking up YouTube. Ramon Loriano highlights. You know, 1130 at night, if I'm tossing and turning in bed, I pull up Andrelton Simmons Atlanta Braves highlights. And then sometimes I pull up Ramon Loriano highlights. You know who I've been really watching highlights of recently? Billy Wagner. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, he has some cool highlight tapes on YouTube. Uh, ben Revere, highly recommend. Getting Andrew down. Jones, prime Andrew Jones highlights. Ooh. Holy smokes. Yeah, we can go down this rabbit hole for a while. For a but while. we won't because why don't we go to number 14? It's Joey Gallo. Take this in. <laughs> just, just let it wash over you. He's leading the league in walks. He's also leading the league in strikeouts. He's probably pumping out 40 homers again. He's probably going to hit low 200s, and he's going to have an OBP flirting with 400. Like, his bat alone would have him slightly behind Schwarber territory, probably, like maybe 20, maybe honorable mention. But he won a gold glove. Like He's a freaky good defender. He's a freaky good defender. Like, Joey Gallo, with, with the power, like, we talk about Schwerber with the raw power. Like there might be nobody with more raw power than Joey Gallo. And he's a gold glover. Like that's a recipe for a top 15 outfielder. I mean, all these dudes who played in Vegas when they were like 13, 14 years old, they all grew up to be just six, four to 40, all hitting jacks. Did I tell this story on the pod about the, the Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo thing? I don't think you have yet. You told Did it I, to me. I, I might've just told you on the phone. Well, so on Father's Day, um, 
my uncle, Matt Spiegel, who we've had on this pod, co-host of uh, Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score afternoon drive time. He also hosts Hit and Run on Sunday mornings on 670 The Score. And on Father's Day, he had Rick Giolito, Lucas's dad, and he had Mike Bryant, Chris's dad. And Chris's dad said that he and Joey Gallo's dad are like best friends, and they coached the Little League team that Chris Bryant and Joey Gallo were teammates on. And they had, I guess, 11 guys. You know, these were eight, nine, 10 year olds. And it was a nine year old Chris Bryant and a nine year old Joey Gallo that would start every game on the bench because he had every dad coming and saying, Hey, Joey needs to play short today. Like, hey, Timmy needs an inning in center tonight. And both those guys knew that, like, oh, like Chris and Joey, they're going to be fine. Like, you know, everybody hits in the batting order. So one through 11, like they're going to be in the batting order and they can start on the bench and then they can go play anywhere. And like Chris Bryant can play everywhere. And Joey Gallo is a gold glover. So like in hindsight, I think those dads should feel super shitty making Chris Bryant and Joey Gallo sit on the bench as nine-year-olds. I mean, can you think of a more prevalent story to tell family members to stay off the field and let the coaches coach. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, like imagine being that dad. It's like, yeah, my, my son is for sure better than Joey Gallo and Chris Bryant. <laughs> While he's eating sunscreen in the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just smearing it on the ears, not letting it dry up. <laughs> just so much white on the nose. Oh, take us to 13. I'm so excited for this. Give it. The 13th best outfielder in baseball is Cedric the Freak Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, bro. I am obsessed with Cedric Mullins. He's literally so good at everything. There is really no downside to his game at all. Out of all outfielders, he's third in average, seventh in on base, fifth in slugging, fourth in WRC+, and he's second in total war out of all outfielders just after Ronald Acuna Jr., Right now, he has 15 home runs, 15 stolen bases, and I could really see him being a 30 home run, 30 stolen base threat by the end of the year. I mean, he's 90th percentile in sprint speed. And even for a smaller guy at five foot eight, 175 pounds, the 26-year-old is still in the upper half of, of average exit velocity and max exit velocity. And his spray chart is gorgeous. He sprays the ball to all fields while also just launching pull side homers. Besides the bat, which is awesome, he is a gold glove level caliber center fielder ranking in the 98th percentile in outs above average. And we talk about expected stats. They're not the end-all be-all, but it's important to kind of take a look at them. And they look really strong moving into the second half. So we could see him actually climb up these rankings moving forward. The future is so bright in Baltimore with this dude ranging in center. I really hope they don't trade him. I hope they don't either. I don't think they will. I think they hold on to Mullins. I think they hold on to Santander. I think they hold on to John Means because G-Rod and D.L. Hall and Adley and maybe even Gunnar Henderson and Jemai Jones and Taryn Vavra, like they are not far away at all. And you haven't even mentioned Heston Kirstad. We don't know where he'll be. But, I mean, he was picked second overall, too. He's still waiting down there. I mean, he's been dealing with a couple injuries. But, like, I don't know if we love, love him. But well, he's still probably going to be a big leaguer. Yeah, what sucks is he's, he's dealing with a heart issue now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was myocarditis after, after a COVID infection. But, you know, Heston, you know, obviously we're praying that Heston Kirstad gets, gets back because, like, that guy's a stud, too. And, like, 2023, I mean, Baltimore is – you know, they're not contending in the East yet, but like that window starts to like slightly open. Like you're pulling the curtains up a little bit and you can kind of see a window pane. So I've heard so many stories about when he was in college that the power like batting practice type stuff that Heston Kirstad is an actual freak of nature. Like yeah, he dude. hits balls, just sprays them everywhere. And I, we just hope that he comes back healthy and, and then he gets to show his true potential as a real slugger in this league. What's cool is um, there are a couple of Razorbacks that I've heard that about uh, in recent memory in college. Kerstad being one of them. Andrew Benintendi, when he mm -hmm. won the Golden Spikes. You heard that Absolutely. too. It's like, this guy is a freak. Heard that about Andrew Vaughn at Berkeley. Heard that about Torkelson at Arizona State. Those are the guys. Makes total sense because those guys all rake. Yeah. 
I'm super excited for 12. Like before I deliver, what do you think of this guy without naming his name? He's another one of those guys that's good at everything. There's no downside to his game. Very similar to Mullins. And we have him ranked one above because there's, you don't really find holes in in this guy's name. And I, I keep wanting to say his name. So I want you to do it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I highly recommend watching the Padres play baseball because they have Fernando Tatis Jr. I also recommend watching the Padres because they have Manny Machado. But if you're like me, while I'm not enjoying those two when they're at the plate, I've been fixated on this guy that doesn't wear batting gloves and wears a brown long sleeve undershirt in San Diego in early July. Not because that's weird. It is weird. But because he's electrifying. Trent Grisham won a gold glove last year, and he's a combination of some power, a legitimate hit tool, great in-game speed, and lots of liners offensively. But again, this guy is one of the most fun people in Major League Baseball to watch play defense. He's a gargantuan piece of what the Padres are doing. And they got their center fielder for their championship window for the duo of Luis Urias and Eric Lauer. Trent Grisham is the 12th best outfielder in baseball, and the Padres commit highway robbery against the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the most underrated part about that, is that they got him for nothing. That he was just kind of a a guy they threw in there. And that's just so, like, that never happens to the Yankees. Dude, it was Grisham and Zach Davies in exchange for Urias, uh, Eric Lauer, and a player to be named later, which I don't think turned into much of anything, and then they flipped Davies and four guys that haven't made it to low A ball for you, Darvish and Victor Caratini. AJ knows what's up. AJ knows what he's doing. Of course he knows what he's doing. He's freaking phenomenal. It's just annoying that we have to watch the Padres not only be so good now, but be so good for the next five years. I mean, we just did on the last TikTok mailbag episode, we did top five teams in the next five years. Yeah. And the Padres are at two. I mean, you can even argue they're at one behind the Dodgers. I mean, those two teams, they have their major league lineup filled. They got their rotation filled. They got the bullpens coming up. And then they're, they're all top five farm systems. Yeah. Like they get the 28th pick and they're still drafting. Amazing. What the, uh. I was having this conversation during a tin caps game, actually, because I just saw the Dodgers and Padres high A affiliates face each other. Tim Caps being with the Padres, um, the Great Lakes Loons being the high affiliate of the L.A. Dodgers. And I was having this conversation, you know, during one of the games this week. And if you were to put together a Mount Rushmore of major league execs right now, you can't leave Preller off. You can't mm-hmm. leave Andrew Friedman with the Dodgers off. I think Farhan Zaidi is on that, too. So you've got three of the four faces in the NL West. That's crazy. And then the fourth, you know, like selfishly, my mind kind of goes to Rick Hahn because he's been a beast at what he's done. But you also got to think about what's going on in Tampa and you got to think about what's going on in Oakland and you got to think about what's going on in Houston. Uh, But those three, I think, are very much so solidified and they're actually getting their faces carved in South Dakota right now. I agree. And I'm also... This doesn't really tie into that as much, but I am excited to, and this just came to my mind, to see what Steve Cohen really does with the Mets. Like if he really shelves out that kind of money and and allows his GM to really shelve out some more. I mean, they just signed Lindor. I'm excited to see all that money coming in. And maybe, you know, the Mets need some of that. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty excited about the 11th best outfielder in baseball. The dude just hits it's michael brantley of the houston astros brantley has been one of the best contact hitters ever since he debuted back in 2009 and he's still finding a way to lead all of baseball in batting average this year at 340 and this is nothing new to michael brantley he's only had one season since 2017 where he didn't hit 300 you know what he hit 299 He's one of the few players in baseball that barely strikes out. Only 11.1%. That's basically unheard of in today's sport. I mean, he's in the 99th percentile in whiff rate and 97th percentile in K rate. Dude just doesn't swing and miss. What's crazy is that baseball savant has his expected batting average to be even higher than it is right now. 
340 compared to his expected batting average of 347. He may be even better in the second half. And yeah, he's not the best defender, but he is in the 63rd percentile and outs above average. So at least he's done decent out there in left field. And batting average is not the end all be all. But the dude is still slugging over 500 because he's a doubles machine. We love doubles machines. And he mixes, of course, in the long ball. The Astros stole Brantley last offseason. And I bet a ton of teams are kicking themselves for not chalking up just a two-year, $32 million contract. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying come on to Brian Cashman? You know I'm saying come on to Brian Cashman. What are you? Oh. <laughs> you would have been perfect. A lefty, on-base guy, hits for that high average, would hit third in the lineup. I love Michael Brantley. I loved him when he was like the heir to the Grady Sizemore throne in Cleveland. Like, do you remember that? Yes, of era? course. And and the thing is with Brantley is I know he's an Astro, but for some reason I just I still like him. Like there, I there, there's no I don't he wasn't like wasn't on Correa. that 2017 team. <laughs> exactly, but just anyone who's on that team, I just kind of look at him like. Ugh. So do you not like Josh Reddick? I don't view Josh Reddick as an Astro. I view him as a Red Sox. I don't. I re, I view Josh Reddick as like an A. Interesting. What do you view? Um, like, do you not like George Springer? No, I like George Springer. Yeah. So like, it's really just Correa, Altuve. and It literally makes no sense. (laughs) I just don't like Correa, Bregman, and Altuve. That's it. That's it. And and uh, I kind of like Verlander still, even though he's the biggest, he was the biggest dick in that whole thing. Or not the biggest. I mean, Altuve and Correa sucked. But like, and it really doesn't make sense how I view it. It's not based on stats. It's just feel. It's just feel. The thing is, that's how everybody views it. Like everybody points to Correa, Altuve, and Bregman, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, those three guys, f them." Like they say, "Why?" It's just like, like I'm literally Jordan TikTok. (laughs) Love Jordan. Like love Jordan. Yeah, bro. And you love Garrett Cole too. Like I don't really like Garrett Cole because he viciously cheats. (laughs) You want to know something horrible? Yeah, uh, actually, like, no, but, like, you're going to say it anyway, so. Going to say it anyway. Yeah, knee jerk was just saying yes. <laughs> First, eight starts. 1.370 RA, 78 Ks, three walks. Cole? Yeah, Garrett Cole. His last nine, 4.470 RA, 58 Ks, and 17 walks. Um, Shout out to our podcast guest. Ken Davidoff for asking the question straight up. Have you ever used spider tack? Fired me up. That I mean, I don't. Question. And that he was like, uh, I'm not quite know, sure how to answer that. You know, I don't do they. What do I say? Somebody <laughs> get in the mic. I'm just sitting here. That was perfect from Ken. Perfect. Hey, do you use spider tack? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not under oath, man. Like I know. It just oh, like you could just be like even Tyler Glasnow came out and he's like yeah I used to get stuff like who doesn't your favorite pitcher did we all did right but I Garrett used... Cole was just like uh he didn't even say no like or lie here's the thing because <laughs> Cole was using the shit that like he knew he shouldn't have been using like yeah. Glasnow was just like yes I was taught to use sunscreen and rosin like that is what everybody uses like the people that are using it to gain an unfair advantage were using spider tech and yeah. like to make $324 million. So the thing is, I sort of think they probably all were using some sort of variation of the spider tech. I know there was probably a good amount that was using sunscreen rosin, but you're telling me that not one start Tyler Glasnow has ever dipped his fingers in some melted (laughs) Coca-Cola. I mean, probably not. I wouldn't do it. I feel like they all have, but I I just don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. Shit. I don't know what to believe either. Um, (laughs) All right, you want to plug the social medias or you want me to? Give us a follow on Twitter at JustBBMedia. Give us a follow on TikTok, on Instagram. It's where we post all of our highlights, all of the videos from the pod, um, at JustBaseballFans. I'm at PeterApple23 on Twitter. That is at Jack underscore McMullen11. I've decided my new kind of pitch for my Twitter. I'm not going to beg anymore. You know, I'm just going to. I'm just going to see how it goes. You're going to exist, man. You're I'm just going to exist. You know, I'm almost as as many followers as I'm following. Oh, shit. Wow. And You're a ratio head. I'm a ratio head. Both aren't over 200, but it still counts. 
Okay. Um, here, let's see. And also, oh, you guys you're can dead find even right now. Dead One, even. One eighty and one eighty. Oh, I love that. When I started this pod, I think it was at one seventy nine. <laughs> and what's and what's maybe just during the pod. Um, and what's great too is that you, of course, will see our top ten outfielders on next Tuesday's episode before we get into it with Colby Olson about building the perfect baseball player. And we're not even building him. He's just already there. Yeah. Excited. Building something comparable to Shohei Otani. This was a fun one. And of course, next Tuesday, outfielders 10 through one. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. I said it.